Welcome back to Becoming Better Together, the podcast, a place where personal growth, mindset, self-development, and building businesses that serve other people is what we talk about. Today, I am joined by a very special guest and one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to mindset, Donna Jorda. Donna, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, Bree. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just really excited about this opportunity. So I appreciate you having me on the podcast. So I wanted to introduce myself um, by saying that I just started with mindset back in 2020. Um, I do believe it's something that I've always in unknowingly kind of practiced. And the more I learned about what it was, I realized that this is something that I could make into a business and it would become very natural for me. So eventually I decided that that was my path. That's what I was meant to do. And let me tell you, you are. <laughs> that is why you are here too. So Donna, where are you from? Give me a little bit of your background. I'm from New Hampshire and I have four children, four grown children, I should say, and two grandsons. And I am married for 28 years. And yeah, so very excited. I've never had my own business to call my own. I've always worked um, hand in hand as a teammate with my husband, with his business. And so this is just exciting for me to have something that is my own that I'm passionate about. And I look forward to doing every day. I love it. Thank you, Donna. All right. So we are going to talk about one of our favorite topics today, which is limiting beliefs. And in the mindset space or in the coaching space or owning your own business, all of this, how often for you do limiting beliefs pop into your daily conversations and your own thoughts? Oh, all the time, constantly. I would say pretty much every conversation that I have with somebody when I'm on a, whether it be a curiosity call with them or whether it is our weekly trainings um, and coaching we have. I am deaf or even just in everyday life, right? Um, it comes up for everybody in some fashion. It comes up for myself. I'm not immune to it. Um, it is something that I deal with weekly, daily sometimes, you know, so it, it's definitely a common thing and no one should feel any shame for having Absolutely. It. So you're saying it's very human to have limiting beliefs. Exactly. It's completely human. So let's actually define to you, what, what does that even mean? Like, what is a limiting belief for me? I feel like I hadn't heard about this until maybe three, four or five years ago. And now it's this hot popular thing that you see all over Instagram, all over social media, and everybody suddenly has them. Yes. And what I, agree. I, I hadn't thought of it before getting into the coaching world myself either. But the way I like to just describe um, limiting beliefs is it's when we feel that something, a thought we have is the absolute truth. We cannot see it any other way, mm -hmm. right? Um, and because of that, it makes it very hard for us to have awareness that something else could possibly be the truth. So you're saying that every thought we think isn't necessarily accurate. Correct. It's what just a belief we have. Mm, yes. And so let's, let's get into some examples of where these come up for us. For me personally, I know, especially when it comes to coaching, often the, the number one belief that I deal with and I hear with, and we both have gone through with each other is who's going to listen to me? <laughs> Who am I? to yes. one, be on this podcast. Who am I to have this business? Who am I to give advice? And so when we ask these questions, the belief often is I'm, well, not good enough, not smart enough, not experienced mm -hmm. enough, rah, 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 all of the many, I am not enough. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I echo that completely. Um, all those things have definitely been a challenge for me, especially like you said, in the very beginning, I can remember thinking, wow, this is kind of what I do in everyday life. This is who I show up as a person. Um, the way that you're speaking to someone and holding space and just letting them be themselves and hear them out and not having judgment. That's a lot of what coaching is when you get started. You really need to be open and let people 
not feel like there's any judgment. And so for myself, even though I was aware I could do that for other people, I didn't know how to do it for myself. Mm. So that was one of my big limiting beliefs. Like I was constantly judging myself, mm. constantly um, calling myself a procrastinator, or I'm not smart enough for this, or I can't do the tech work. And, you know, like you said, who is going to listen to me? I don't have any credentials. I don't have a degree in this. Is there a degree? I learned there's not. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that can come up and they were just throwing at me daily. But yet I still had this burning desire to do it because I enjoyed it. Mm. And the more I learned about how people used coaching to help other people and to serve other people, I, I was just sold on it. I wanted in so bad. So the initial beliefs and the, <laughs> I call it like the Rolodex of excuses and limitations we put on ourselves. Once you actually pause and investigate it, then what happens? Um, so after we take some time to have that awareness and, you know, we're realizing that what we believe to be true is just a belief. It is just a thought in our head and that we actually get to choose it. You know, at that point, it's like, you have to start finding a way for you to believe it, mm -hmm. right? You need, you need to find little baby steps or actions. And often people will use affirmations the I am statements. And in the beginning, they seem all kind of woohoo and weird and, you know, uncomfortable. And I can remember avoiding them for so long. And for myself, what I learned was that the first thing that I needed to do was to stop putting myself down, to mm -hmm. stop saying I'm a procrastinator, to stop saying, you know, I can't do the tech, to stop saying, you know, no one's going to listen to me. I had proof people listen to me all the time. People would you know, call me up and talk to me about their problems and everything anyway. So I needed to remove that from, you know, my, my daily <laughs> um, go-to of not being able to do these things. And so once I could start adding in statements of I am just thinking I am capable of this, or I am going to borrow your belief, you know, that, that was something I did in the beginning is I worked on borrowing other people's belief in me. Yeah. People would tell me like, you're so good at this. You're, you're capable of this. And I didn't believe it at first. Isn't it amazing? The tricks we play on ourselves about what we tell ourselves, even though other people out there are giving us evidence against that, mm. but we cling to this, this belief that we right. think is fact. Yes. Well, this is how, this is how it is. So even though all these other people are saying, Hey, Donna, you'll be great at this. Hey, Donna, you coach all the time. Hey, Donna, you know what you're doing. That right. fact we have convinced ourselves is true, whether it's in our awareness or not is often the thing that, well, no, this is how my reality is. And it's black and white. And even though you're giving me evidence, our ego mm -hmm. is like, mm, doesn't fit with my worldview. So I'm not going to accept them. Exactly. And I love that you just mentioned um, black or white, because we do, we think that, you know, everything is a yes or a no, or, you know, I have to take, you know, the left or the right, you know, everyone thinks that it's got to be cut and dry and black and white like that. And it really doesn't. I like to point out to people that there's always a third option. Mm. Choose the gray road. It doesn't mean that it has to be safe. But it's getting you to take a little bit of a step, a little bit of an action without, you know, diving straight into the river and drowning, right? <laughs> it's just a way for us to dip our toes in and get comfortable with something before we throw too much into it. If you're able to throw it all in, that's great, right? But that person probably doesn't have huge limiting beliefs to begin with if they're comfortable enough to do that. But if you can just practice a little bit at a time, then you're able to take the baby steps or the little steps, you know, to get closer to your goals. And that is something we talk about constantly about you don't need to throw yourself in the middle of the ocean, but if you right. can start practicing in real life, like swimming in a new river, literally mm. putting yourself in a new environment and testing out new beliefs, Casting yes. out new versions of you. It doesn't have to be everything all at once, but it's these little baby steps that 
can make so much progress in your life. Absolutely. I believe We've, in that completely. Absolutely. I've seen you overcome some of your own limiting beliefs in, in this space on online yes. business and coaching. Give me some examples where sometimes the baby steps are what completely change things for you for where you're at right now. Um, well, I mean, the fact that I'm here right now, <laughs> that's a big step. <laughs> it is a huge step for me. I can remember even just when we first met and you inviting me to some of the events that you were doing, and it was just hopping on where there was a handful, a small, you know, honestly, small, nice kind community of people and we'd be on screen. And I was so nervous about that. Right. I know. I, I would have never told you that. <laughs> And you would always say you were fine. And, and I just, I had to believe that I was going to be fine. Right. You have to start having that belief in yourself, borrow it at first, if you must, but then you need to start practicing having that belief in yourself. And so once I was able to start dipping my toe in and practicing things and, you know, failing at it, don't say I can't do it unless you haven't tried. Mm. Right. And that's something that I wouldn't have said to my former self because I was so used to saying, oh, I can't do that. And I wouldn't try. And so the more you would challenge me or I just wanted to test something out myself and sometimes I would record myself just for myself to look back at and it helped me to become more comfortable with it and realize that, you know, one, one of my favorite um, sayings is that, um, you know, look for the lessons, right? So the only way you're going to find a lesson is if you fail, like, what did I try? Did it work? Did it not work? Mm. How can I improve on it? Right. So you need to try, you need to try again and then continue to look for the lessons to improve upon. Absolutely. Yes. And there's a lesson in everything. I know that we say that to each other a lot too. Yes. Even in the failures, <laughs> in many Definitely. of the failures, always that's in the, the part failure. that comes out of it. Yes. Always in the failures. Yes. Absolutely. If you're right, one, if you're wanting to grow, there's always a lesson in the failures. Ooh, what do you mean? If you're wanting to grow, I want to double click on that. So I, I almost, I don't know if this is something new that's being spoken about more, or if I'm just more aware of it now, right? Is that we tend to think that um, our, our brains like things that are familiar. Mm -hmm. So we tend to have the same recycled thoughts mm -hmm. and we think the same thing over and over. Just like I, I used to think that I was a procrastinator, right? And it took me time to realize that that was not serving me. And to have that thought literally is what prevented me from being able to take the next step. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you just brought up that thought isn't serving me. And then it was you that made the active decision. Wait a second. I'm going to do something different now because yeah. you made a choice right there. That's right. And so we can choose our thoughts. Right. That concept two years ago was very foreign to me. <laughs> me as well. I mean, I, I think I was first exposed to that concept back in 2017. Mm -hmm. So I have had it a, a little while, but it did take me a while to get used to it because it sounded so strange. And because it sounded so strange, I didn't repeat it to other people. It was like, I was keeping it for myself and wow, this is really cool, but people are th gonna think I'm crazy if I'm telling them that yeah. you get to choose your thoughts. These days, I tell people all the time, that's just a thought you have. You can choose a new thought. Mm. What would you want that thought to be? How is it gonna help you get to where you want to go? Beautiful. So you kind of work it backwards and, and back to the point about the growth, it's, you're not going to get anything new by recycling the same thoughts. You need to have new thoughts. You need to have new actions. You need to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And it doesn't even have to be monumental. It just needs to be an actual action that is different than what you're used to. Exactly. Exactly. These little changes and these little moments of self-awareness building and building, it lets you choose differently each day. And it can be 1% different, but over a year, that 1% adds up to a lot of change. And I, I love that you said that. Tell us more about the 1% because that I love that concept. 
this is something where I, I grew up competitive. I was competitive against, I have one sister. She's older than me. She's an attorney. We were the smart girls that were in every extracurricular and she was the first child. So I had a mm. high bar to try to meet. I was a very competitive. And so mm. competition then later in life was a theme that kept coming up for me. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be the best and I wanted to compete or prove myself, right? Because she is, she's smart. She, this is, you're going to catch me here. And this is why I love Donna. She is smarter than me when it comes to intellect and books. And she is just, she's got that photographic memory. She can sit down and lock herself in a room and write briefs and go to trial. And she's excellent. I never had to respond to that. (laughs) No, (laughs) maybe. Yes. (laughs) She is like, she is just so intellectually bright and she can remember things. And I was more of the, we joked, I was street smart. I had a lot of common sense. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at reading people. Like I just had a different set of gifts where Mm -hmm. I growing up thought I was different in a bad way. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. Grades didn't come as naturally easy to me. Neither of us had to study a whole lot. So I'm very fortunate for that. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I wouldn't study at all. And then my grades would go down a little bit where hers wouldn't be affected. So right Right. there, I had this little, I have got this person to compete with that I looked up to so much because it seemed like things were so easy for her and I wanted that. And so competition became this theme. It wasn't until later in life that really I figured out and thankful to many mentors who put this in my face and told me, listen, the only competition you have is you. Because truly the only person you're competing against is yourself from yesterday. And then if you can just try and commit to being 1% better today from that version of you yesterday, that's the only competition you ever need to improve. It's the only competition you ever need to drive yourself forward. And Mm. that was when one, I got a better relationship with my sister (laughs) Two, I got a better relationship with myself. And I was able to take that limiting belief of I'm not smart enough. I am Mm. not as book smart as, so therefore I will never be blank, blank, blank. I was able to dissolve that belief when, wait a second, she's not my competition. No one's my competition. I am right. And the 1% rule has completely changed how I view competition. And now people are kinder to each other in my worldview. <laughs> and it right. is a lot rosier. And so that 1% rule, just get better than yourself yesterday by 1% has, has been a game changer for me. Right. And I love where you just said, you know, better than your former version the day before, like better than you yesterday. I've never heard you say that before. And like that sentence alone, like I understand the concept, but that sentence alone is just very profound for me. And if you just wake up every morning and think about that, how do I just want to be 1% better than yesterday? doesn't need to be monumental. You don't need to quit your job and change everything and dye your hair. It's like, okay, what are the active choices I can make today to be proud of myself also at the end of the day saying, all right, I'm still moving forward no matter what that looks like. And you can decide, we have different energies. We wake up every day. Some days aren't as good as others. You can decide in that day, what is my 1% look like today? And some of that pressure can come down about the future and all the places I think I should be going and blah, blah, blah. Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about, so we both went down the rabbit hole of knowing we were going to do limiting beliefs and like, let's figure out some frameworks and let's teach lessons and have people be able to identify them. Mm -hmm. Let's get into some of that. Okay. So I, there are three different kinds of limiting beliefs that you can categorize. And so I'll go over this a little bit. And then Donna, I want you to help me pick out where you see these come true and get help give examples for our listeners to be like, oh, this is absolutely a belief I have. Then we'll teach you what to do with it. Because step one is truly like you have to be able to know that these beliefs exist for you and where they exist before you can change them and have power over them. Right. Yes. Three types of beliefs. The first is beliefs about yourself. So these are the, I can't because I'm not good enough. I am not smart enough. I am too old. It's usually about age, 
personal traits or current emotions and feelings. I'm too sad. I'm too depressed. I'm too, this is my favorite. Somebody yesterday was just, I'm too awkward. I can't do it because I'm too awkward. And then they had just put We've all probably the thought that at one like, point. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, hey, me too. <laughs> You're in good company. So anyways, let's break that about yourself. Where do you see this coming true? And do you have beliefs like that too? Um, so the first category, you know, let me break down all three. I'm sorry. Let me break down all three and then you'll know how to section them. So the first is about yourself. The second category is beliefs about the world in general. And this is often when it's about other people and they won't let you do something because, because you'll get judged because your parents will think differently because no one understands me. So because of others, I can't. And then the third one is just life in general, because life is too hard, because it's just not possible, the end. That's not how the world works, or there's just not enough time. Time is one that I hear and I tell myself way too often, and that is one that most of us fall into the time category. Yes. And we'll talk about how to overcome that. So yourself, the world, or life in general. Okay. So if I were to think about this for myself, where do I have these um, limiting beliefs? It's definitely, you know, the thoughts that I'm thinking of, you know, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I don't know the tech. I, you know, I'm a procrastinator. Yes. You know, I'm too old. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely all of those general categories that I think hit probably almost every person out there, right? I'm not good at speaking or, you know, just all of those things. I'm too uncomfortable on camera, you know, which obviously is a reflection of how we feel about our appearance, right? And um, and as I'm sitting here saying, um, like we can be imperfect and still show up and work on getting better. So I'm noticing that. And then if I were to say worldly, what would I say worldly? I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is that we tend to think we can only do things that maybe our family has done before, things we've already been exposed to. Like I'm not growing up or I didn't grow up thinking I can be an entrepreneur, or I can be president or, you know, senator or, you know, any of those things. I wasn't exposed to a lot of political stuff when I was young. In my teenage years, I was a little bit. The people that I worked for, they, you know, one of them was, um, had a seat on the board in New Hampshire and stuff like that. So I did start to have some exposure then that these can be people around you. But when we are not put in the rooms of other people, of places we want to be, we think it's not possible. And so that really shows up, you know, in limiting beliefs in ourselves. You have to go find those things. And then what was the last category again? I want to pause because of what you said was just so good. When we are not put in the rooms of other people and other experiences, Mm. we think things are impossible because we've never seen it. We've never experienced it. And it's, it's then not for us. Right. Right. And I honestly did not feel I was in the room of coaching until I met you. I had already started working on being a coach, Mm -hmm. but my belief in myself skyrocketed more once I was showing up on camera, not just with you one-on-one, but also in the groups and challenges that you were doing. So then I could see myself communicating with other people and taking a seat at that table and no longer feeling like I was an outsider. I felt like I belonged. We need to find where we belong. Yes. And let me double click on being willing to put yourself in a new container and inside of new experiences, even if you've never done it before. Correct. Yep. And, And that in itself was a challenge for me, as I had said before, but once I did it, it became more and more easy. Yes. Ooh, we're going to put a pin in that one as we go to our third stage. And then we're going to talk about how to overcome this. All right. 
third one is life. And that is the time is the biggest one always. I don't have mm-hmm. time or I, again, I'm too old. Time has gone by. One of my favorites in the business space is, well, I've missed the boat or it's too mm. saturated. Right. When really, okay. if there are other businesses yeah. and other people doing it, that's just evidence that it works. <laughs> but we Correct. all use that as an excuse in the beginning. Yes. Definitely evidence that it works. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad you mentioned that. And like when I think of that, it's we tend to say I don't have time when really, you know, people will start by saying, oh, I need to find time to do that. No, you need to make time. It's hard to find time. It's hiding. We all are full of commitments and so busy. And, you know, as you know, myself, um, I've got two grandkids and, you know, my family's most important to me and I want to be there for my grandchildren. And so I knew I had to make the time. Mm -hmm. And part of the ways that I made the time was one, cleaning up the way that I was operating, you know, cleaned up my desk area, cleaned up my workspace. And once you get rid of that clutter, you can really focus on the things that you need. Instead of having 10 projects on your table at once, you need to sift out the ones that aren't important or get them all pulled together so they're bundled up and nicely on the shelf over there and focus on what you have in front of you. And then all of a sudden you will find that you have more time, that you work in a more focused manner. We've talked about this where you know I started going to the library because my dogs were a distraction. I love my dogs, as everybody knows, just looking at my page. And I spend plenty of time with them as well, but they can be a distraction. And so once I found removing those distractions was a way for me to create time, I was able to think more clearly, getting a better night's sleep, that will give you time, right? Um, There was something else you said that um, about the time factor, you said age. And then what was the third thing? Do you remember? I've missed the boat. I'm too oh, late. I missed the boat. Okay. So that's a good one for me to speak to as well. Um, I thought for sure, like I'm 50 years old. Well, I'm 51 now, but back then I was like, I'm, I'm approaching 50 years old. I am, you know, not going back to school at this point. This is just something, not that I couldn't, I would have people say to me, Oh, but you can, I know I can, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference. Right? There is a difference. You have to be able to want to do it. Right. But I knew that, again, it wasn't just black and white. I knew that I could create my own path and find a way to follow that. And for me, that was showing up the ways that I felt confident in and working from there. So just showing up online and showing up and serving people that I could see needed something and offering help. I didn't have to... um, how do I want to word that? I, I didn't have to go looking far, I guess, is what I want to say. Everything was right there in front of me. So I wasn't missing the boat. You're only missing the boat if you've got your eyes closed. Ooh. Open your eyes and there is always a path around you. You just need to be looking as you're you know, passing by the street or on the highway passing. Look for the dirt roads. Look for the detours. Find your way, the best path for you. There's always a way to do it. You just need to make it happen. Ooh, what a good analogy too. It may not be the path that you have in front of you and spelled out very linear and like only take the highway and have exactly this roadmap. Many times we have to change it. And so to your point, look for dirt roads, look for detours, look for other ways around, especially these beliefs. If you've told yourself you can't do something, are you mm-hmm. sure? <laughs> can right. we find, can we find a detour? Can we find a way around that belief? Yeah. And too often we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. And that's why we cannot see it. That's why we're blind to the fact that there are other options. There's other ways of doing it. We think it has to be exactly the way someone else does it. And if it was that easy, there would be one written blueprint for us all to follow. And we would all have the exact same business. 
And your business, we're, we're both doing mindset, you and I, right? And your business is very different than mine. And it will always be different, even if we have the same topics, because you present it in the way that is comfortable and natural for you. And I present it the way that's comfortable and natural for me. And that's why we're not in competition here. That's why we have great energy and great talks like this. We get to talk about what life experience is like through each of our eyes and those get added together and it becomes beautiful conversations and just, we get to learn and grow together. And I love that too. Right. And one more point on the age, when I'm sitting here talking with you, I'm not thinking that you're 30 and I'm 50. The age is non-factor. Yep. And if you do think it's a factor for anybody listening, that's a limiting belief. (laughs) Correct. All right. So now that we know what they are, they're either about yourself, they're about the world, they're about life in general. Hopefully you've picked up a few yourself as we've been talking that you can connect with and say, oh yeah, this comes up for me. Again, Mm -hmm. let me go back to the very beginning of just because you have a thought that does not mean it is true or has to be true and you can change it or you can pick a new one. So let's talk about what it, once we recognize our limiting beliefs, what do we do with them? How do we change them? Don, I'll let you take this first and then I'll, I'll give you my, my two cents. Sure. So um, in the very beginning, I I do want to be, you know, fair so that people watching this, they don't think that like, we just saw some textbook and, you know, had this all figured out because it was all written out for us. I want to point out that when I started on this journey, when I wanted to become a coach, um, I really, I didn't know what that was going to look like. And, um, and to your point of, you know, figuring out the steps and what you should do first, I was just kind of guessing, I was grasping at anything at first, right? Trying anything and everything. And I didn't know what it was going to be. But now that I'm more seasoned and I recognize things easier and I can see them in other people as well, I have worked on creating a process that um, that feels more natural just to help guide other people through it. And so I would say the first thing you have to do is stop saying that you can't do something. Yes. Right? That it's that that limiting belief, whatever it is, you know, that I can't be a speaker or I can't go to school because I don't have enough money or whatever that limiting belief is, know that you just have to search harder for the options, right? You have to become more aware. That's what I would say is, you know, your second thing is um, becoming more aware of the things you didn't know, you didn't know. And that's very hard for us to do ourselves. And I know for myself, um, it was really just realizing that, geez, I I say a lot of negative things to myself. Mm. And it was only as I saw other people doing it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to treat myself like I would treat a friend. And the very first thing I'm always saying to people is don't say that. That's not true. And so once I started in with coaching and realizing I need to take my own advice, Mm. like I need to start being aware of the things I'm saying to myself. And so that was my, excuse me, that was my second step where I knew I just had to stop talking the way that I was and become more aware of the things that I didn't know that I knew. Um, From there, I would say working on mini steps bite-sized steps. They don't have to be anything monumental. You're not going to get to the top of the mountain in one step. There's a bunch of rocks and hills and, you know, crevices that you need to climb and navigate and find your way up. And true to the same thing about the path, you're not going to always take the same path that someone else might, you know, sometimes there's a cutout path, but what about rock climbers? You know, they study over and over how to take the next move. And I mean, literally they're there like for minutes, sometimes hours figuring out their next move before they take it. So it doesn't have to be a rush. And from there, I would say, so that means you need to try something. So stop saying, I can't do it. That's one thing that I did a lot of. I just believed that I couldn't do it, but the truth was I wasn't trying. Yep. And so once I worked on trying, 
I knew, okay, I tried this. It didn't work. I've got to find another way to try. I don't stop once. We all know the scenario where you're talking about a baby learning to walk. Mm -hmm. They get up, they fall, they get up, they fall. They really want to get to the other side of the room. Sometimes they're crying. Sometimes they're very upset, right? But they don't give up. And I encourage all of you. Yes, we've all been there. Literally, every single one of us had to learn how to walk, right? And look at us all now. So as we get older, we stop believing things are possible. And so that's it. You need to just keep trying and know you're going to fail and know it's okay to fail. And so what my favorite saying, I say this all the time when I talk to people is look for the lessons. Mm. Um, And by looking for the lessons, it really means that it doesn't matter if we try and we fail, we are going to learn something from that experience. We either learn that this worked and this was a good idea, or we learn, geez, that wasn't the best idea, or it didn't get me closer to my goal. I actually fell back a couple of steps. What can I do differently? How else am I going to approach this? And so you keep failing and keep trying and you learn from each lesson and just don't give up. Oh, what else? Um, problem solving. We actually just talked about this a little bit about making time. You can't find time. It's not going to just magically show up your 25th and 26th hour of the day. (laughs) It's not happening for any of us. We all have 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. So when you're sitting there and you're jealous or, you know, not understanding how someone else made it to a goal that you once had, ask yourself why. Hmm. And And we can use that with the time and like, and this is a good comparison, by the way, you can use it as an excuse and a limiting belief of again, well, I'm different. And that, hmm. that working mom with the five kids that's managing everything and well, she's different and I'm different and my excuses are better, you know? And so then we can use it to make ourselves smaller and affirm that our beliefs again are true and a reason why not to do something. Or we can look at that example of somebody else and say, oh my gosh, if she can figure it out, I can figure it out. And we can look at it from the empowered view and it completely shifts that belief then. Exactly, exactly. And I love how you brought that up, you know, from the empowered view. Because um, it it really does make a difference. Like if you search purposefully for a thought that is going to be more empowering or a feeling, I I like to, when when I think of limiting beliefs also, I like to think of the feeling behind it. Mm. So often the feeling is lost. We don't know why we do things. And it is always because of a feeling. Okay. And so it's important to think of like, what am I thinking? And if you're thinking, well, I'm, it's not possible, or I'm a failure, then of course, you're not going to come up with any solution, because your brain's not going to offer that because you have all these negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, you're going to end up feeling, you know, incapable or unworthy. And To be honest, one thing I've learned over the last three years while doing coaching is that I thought this was just me, but it is, I swear, every single person on the planet for some reason, some way feels that they are not worthy enough in some fashion. And so it is a big part of my coaching. Yeah. And it's the, the part I'm most passionate about because it's not taught when we're younger that you're worthy. And, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, parents are doing things just to get by and, you know, they're, they're doing things based on what they've learned. Yeah. And therefore they don't know what they don't know. Right. And if they're not trying to be aware of it, they're just going to repeat the cycle. And so your job is to, you know, look for um, ways that you can improve on that. Right. Yeah. And then once you've figured out something that is working, you need to work on the consistency, doing it over and over and over. It might seem mundane, but it's like going to the gym. You're not going to build muscle in one, two visits. It's over time. You will see that muscle grow. 
And then that's where like the growth really comes in, where you just continue this cycle and um, you, you want it to be never ending because at the end of the day, it's okay to grow. Like we're meant to grow. And that's another concept I never thought of until a few years ago. Like our relationships grow and they change and they evolve. And that doesn't mean that you're going to stay friends with somebody that maybe you were friends when you were younger forever. But that doesn't mean that you can't be either. Right. You just have to be willing to change or be okay with them changing. And so it's about finding consistency and being open to change and growth. And let me go back to the whole, it's black and white versus finding the gray. For a long time, I had the belief that people don't change the end. And if they do, I didn't like that because subconsciously I was jealous of that because I wanted to change. But I would look at others and be like, people don't change. And if they do, they're, they're different. They're wrong. They're faking it. They're something. Yes. Yes. And it's like, if we can, again, once you figure out, you have some of these black and white beliefs, it's the positive being like, wait a second, where's, what's the gray path? What's the dirt road I want to take here instead of people can't change. And if they do, I hate them. Right. (laughs) Really negative. Yeah. That's not helping anybody. That's not helping me at all. Definitely not helping them. So the difference is people are meant to change. And that was such a shift. And you're right. Like if you look at nature, if you look at all the changes that happen in nature, naturally, we are living beings Mm -hmm. meant to change. We age that life is going to change you no matter if you fight it or resist it or not, you're going to change as you get older. But for me, I fought that for a long time. And I think there is a lot of the more of the, I hate to say this, but the victim mindset of wanting to blame others for, for why you are the way you are. And Mm -hmm. so then when adverse things happen to you, it's very easy. And it's a, it's a more empowered belief at that time to not take ownership and blame something outside like your parents. So I'm glad you brought that up many times. Yes, we do get limiting beliefs from how we were raised and from our parents. Mm-hmm. Do not blame them. They are also human adults living in adult bodies that are still children. And we've all <laughs> been there. I mean, I blamed my parents for different things in my upbringing. Heck yeah. Definitely. Heck yeah. But they're also, and they were doing the best they could when they raised you. So there's at some point that each individual human needs to take ownership for, okay, maybe I yes. did adopt these beliefs from them, but I am in charge. I can right. dispel them. I can remove them. I can transform them. Once you accept that you're the one that has ultimate control over your thoughts and your life, you can do whatever you want with them. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because um, at the end of the day, we're only a child for so long. Yes, we're modeling and learning from our parents, but at some point you become an adult, whether that's early on for you and you know, you're know you like 13, 15, whatever it is, or whether you're a late bloomer and that's 25. At some point you need to realize I should not be holding on to my parents doing everything for me. I need to think my own thoughts. I am my own individual and I need to decide what is important to me and how I'm going to show up in life. And there's absolutely no arrival age until you decide there is, by the way. Yes. And I'm glad you said arrival because this whole journey we're on, this whole thing, you know, of life and everything that we choose in life, the whole thing is a journey. Yep. The only arrival is the day that we pass. Yeah. And then it's another whole world, depending on what people believe, right? Like while we were here on earth, it's a continuous journey. And that's, I guess, what I was getting towards with growth, but I'm glad that you you know, brought that up that way. Yeah, it is a little, it, it's odd, but very powerful to think about too, is the only thing we're really running after. The only arrival you're right is the end. And so why are we all in such a hurry, by the way? Yes, yes. Let's, <laughs> exactly. Don't be in a hurry. Enjoy every step, mistakes and all. That is what we learn from. And make sure you're making time for taking care of yourself and the people around you and showing up in a way that you are proud to say that you showed up as. Absolutely. 
And so let's bring this home then when it comes to racing off to our final destination. If you have found yourself pausing because of limiting beliefs getting in your way, whether it is starting the business, whether it's going back to school, whether it's just breaking up with somebody that you know is not meant for you. Like there are so many different transition points in your life. If you catch yourself in the, I can'ts, it's impossible. I shouldn't because what if they judge me? All of these thoughts that you are very human to have, by the way, very normal. I've got four steps you can take yourself through to start to change, be aware and transition these beliefs. Because if they're not serving you, why are you keeping them? <laughs> right. So the first one, once you know what the belief is and you think that thought of, I can't do this because. Step one, ask yourself this question. What if I'm wrong? <laughs> and this is mm -hmm. so powerful because we like to be right all the time. So we'll cling to these beliefs even when they're not serving us because we like to be right. Yes. So I want everybody here and us included, start questioning everything so that you can find the dirt road so that you can find the gray area and say, wait a second. Okay. I said, I can't, I said, uh, you know, I feel this way because blah, 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 blah. Wait a second. What if I'm wrong? Mm. Step one. And so we adopt the act of starting to question ourselves. And being okay with being wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't like to. Number two, step two, once you're like, hmm, all right, I'll start questioning this. You're going to ask, how is holding this belief serving me right now? Because we only hold beliefs if they are doing something for us. Even mm -hmm. if they're not doing something for the current version of you, you adopted this belief because it did something beneficial at the time for a past version of you. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out how is this serving me now, often the answer is it's not, but if you can come to somewhat of a term with why it presented itself in the first place, and if you can figure out at what phase it did serve you, it's mm -hmm. easier to then release it and move on to something that is going to serve the current you. Yes. And so to add on to that question, once you've figured out how is this serving me, ask yourself this. Is holding on to this really worth it right now? And again, we're meant to change. Sometimes it's time to let go. And we don't know that until we do this investigation. Yeah. All right. Step number three, you talked about this already, Donna. Let's create something new. Instead of just saying, I can't say that I can't do things anymore. Okay, well, what do we do with that? <laughs> we need to create an alternative right. to replace these statements with. And so you nailed it. Let's talk about the I am affirmations. Come up with ways that you were wrong about this and come up with a new belief to replace it with. Even if it feels a little strange and foreign, it will in the beginning because you're not used to this new belief and you have to replace the old one with it. We have to have something to slide in so that we don't just have an empty space there. So create an alternative. And then number four, now you have to go act on it. So you have to go take this alternative belief and you have to take it into small steps and go out and try it in the world. Meaning you're basically gonna gather evidence that whatever this new belief is that your alternative, like instead of I can't start the business because there's too many people in this space and it's saturated. All right, what's the alternative? I can definitely start this business because if all these people can figure out, so can I. Mm -hmm. What you're gonna do is step four, go out and try it. Go find new evidence in favor of the new belief. Put yourself in new experiences. As Adonis said, put yourself in new rooms and you're going to figure it out. Yes. Yep. So four steps. What if I'm wrong? Number two, how is this serving me? Number three, create alternative beliefs that will serve you now. And then number four, go try them out. Not every new belief is going to be the belief that sticks and is perfect for you. So go try, go experiment. And that four steps to really overcome any belief that you find in yourself that is limiting you. I love it. That's perfect. Do you have anything to add on our four steps to give them homework with? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's great. If anyone wants to back up to where I talked about the steps that I kind of learned for myself, they're again, very similar. Um, but I, I think that's actually even more concise. I think that's a great send off for people to work on. And let me say that guys, it is work, but it's not bad mm. work. 
this is the work that once you are willing to try, and let me say this, try gets a bad reputation. I love the word try. <laughs> oh, I actually talk about how I don't love the word try. <laughs> I love the word try because it is about actually going out and doing something and getting rid of the pressure of you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to nail it. I just want you to put some effort forth. And if you I was going to say, I like the word effort. Yes. Again, there are times where I end up using try. It's only been recently that I've tried to avoid using the word try. And I work on rephrasing things as you saw me pause there. I work on rephrasing things by using the word work or effort. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Sometimes the word try is appropriate because you know that it's you're not going to stop at one try right? It's better than not doing anything. So, and there's a big difference between saying you're going to try and actually putting mm -hmm. the effort in to try. And that's yes. the difference, my friends. <laughs> it's a verb guys. It's action. Yes. <laughs> not a theory. A moving piece in this. Yes. Yes. I like the action of try, not the theory of it. So go be mm -hmm. an action person today and literally try this. Take yourself through the four steps, journal. If you need to write some new affirmations, try. <laughs> All right. Yes, thank pen you. and paper in hand. Get to work. Absolutely. All right. Does this feel complete for today? It does. It does. I mean, I know as soon as we turn off the camera, we're going to go, oh, we should have talked about this, but that's okay. That'll leave us something to talk to another time. That seems to happen to us all the time. As soon as we hang up with our calls, we're texting each other going, what about this? What about that? So I really have enjoyed this and I appreciate you having me here. Thank you, Donna. I appreciate you so much. You will definitely be back because yes, we are never dry on topics to talk about and things to dissect and just learn more of our of ourselves too. Mm. All right. If we are looking for you, how do we find you online so that people can check you out and learn about all the things you have going on in your own business? Sure. So I have a group online on Facebook. And it's called Maximizing Your Mindset. So people can find me there. It's a private group where you can come in and feel comfortable that the people around you are also looking, one, for privacy, but they're looking to find ways to improve themselves. And that's why I call it Maximizing Your Mindset, because we want to challenge our thoughts. We want to be able to work through the limiting beliefs and everything else that we have been taught are 100% factual and question them. I, I love using the word curious. In fact, I call my own consults curiosity consults because at the end of the day, what I want you to do is always question the things that you believe. Mm. And you may come up with the same answer and still believe them and that's fine. But if you question them and show up asking new and different questions every day, every week, you will find that there are many things for you to learn. So maximizing your mindset on my Facebook page, or you can send me a DM on my personal page, which is Donna Pinsence Jorda. That's P-I-N-C-I-N-C-E-G-Y-O-R-D-A. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much, Donna. This has been a pleasure. And I'm sure other people have definitely resonated with many of the beliefs we have brought up. I know I have had all of them myself <laughs> and mm -hmm. I probably will again in the future. So this is a conversation that will never get old and we can always, always learn from. So thank you. Yeah, we're all, we're all human. <laughs> oh, we're not done having these thoughts or feelings. You know, we, we don't feel we're perfect and we're not on a pedestal. Nope. Yeah. We're just here trying to share our experiences to help others. So I appreciate you for being open and doing the same. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. We will see you guys soon.